Yeah, I'll just drink a bit of that tea. I'm, I'm trying a new type of tea. It's Twining's Raspberry Strawberry Loganberry. Oh my god. It's horrible. Oh yeah, I'll try it. It's fucking horrible. Oh, it's naturally caffeine free as well. Fuck me, I shouldn't have had that. There's no point in drinking it. It's it no tastes point. horrible and it's not got caffeine in it. What's the point? Oh. And that's the tea news. <laughs> Where were we? Fucking hell. That was a good introduction, wasn't it? Because we're really professional voice people that can do loads of different voices. <laughs> it's Hello. Episode, yeah, it's episode five of Another Damn Conspiracy, and I'm Carl, and I am not ill for like the first time in fucking ages. So I'm, I'm fucking raring to go. I'm ready to rip the heads off sheep and other oh, acts of animal cruelty. Shame on I you. Sh- I shouldn't have admitted that on the on the on the recording. <laughs> <sighs> I'm George, as ever. So, episode five, yep. and. Yes, again, we are talking politics. We have politics, more listener feedback politics, for you. Politics, politics, politics. And in keeping with what we're trying to do with the podcast, but generally failing to do, we're also going to do a double <laughs> retro review for you this week. Woo! 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 Wee! Is that genuine enough? Well, you know, if our <laughs> listeners are giving that sort of response, it's fine. They're not giving that sort of response. No, no, I, I, I think they're sat at home crying. <laughs> Our apologies. I, right. met, I, I met a few of the um, listeners to this show and they kind of liked it. Albeit, I work with them, so I don't know if that's a... Um, I don't know Wait, if you make a... your colleagues listen to this? No, no, they chose to listen to this. They actually chose, without me forcing them, to listen to this. Okay, I forced one of them to listen to it. But he <laughs> liked it. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. So, should we start with listener feedback? Yeah, I suppose we should. Um, and we got an email from Joe Noon. Again? Again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> our our most faithful listener, clearly. Yeah, it's like he knows us or something. <laughs> and he just... I'll, I'll read the email out because that's professional of me to do so. And he, he liked episode four. He thought it was very enjoyable. He liked the segments about Everest and from bedrooms to billions. Good. So that's good. The Corbin coverage is still good, but it felt a little bit long. We have talked about him in every episode so far. Except this episode. I don't think we've got a subject about him. No, we're talking uh, no, about we, him now. But... This episode's the balance episode. We do four for Corbin and one for the Tories, and that's balance. <laughs> so next week, look forward to more Corbin. Uh... Oh, we could do something with the Green Party next week. Oh, Why not? Yeah. I don't know whose conference it is next week. Maybe it's the Lib Dems. Not that there'll be anything to talk about, but yeah, whatever. Oh, he was, he was interested to know if I um, watched the first episode of uh, the Doctor Who Double Bill and what I thought. He didn't like it at all. He thought the writing was generally half-assed, despite Capaldi and Gomez being a great Doctor and Master combo, and still thinks that Jenna Coleman is a poor actress. And I haven't watched it, so... <laughs> so nothing to say. No, nothing. I've I'm I've only watched two episodes of the Capaldi series. 
I mean, I've, I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Doctor Who is so hit and miss that, quite honestly, some of the bad episodes are so hard to get through. So I've not, I've not watched it yet. I will eventually get around to it. But by then, nobody's going to be watching it. So we'll probably won't talk about it. Um, but, you know. Well, I, I, I saw it and I... I mean, I really, I reasonably enjoyed it. You know, it was, it was just, you know, more, more good fun, really. Um, I, I must admit, I think they're scraping the Davros barrel a bit. Um, <laughs> there were a few moments which I just thought, oh, for God's sakes, there's a moment when the Doctor rides around inside Davros's chair, and you think, well, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, it's the opening to a season. I, they could have done more with the Master. You know, we've already got the Daleks, and I have no doubt that we'll have the the, the Cybermen by the end of the series. But I, I really think that they're, they're, they're using them too much. But, uh, you know, it's just more classic, fun Doctor Who rather than serious Doctor Who, which is how it always seems to seems to end for each Doctor, which I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to for Capaldi because I think he can probably pull off serious a bit better than Matt Smith ever did. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, but hey, I, I I liked Christopher Eccleston, so what do I know? <laughs> so um, and then he he brings on a little discussion point. So this is this is something he wants us to talk about. This is us taking directions from our listeners as to what to talk about. Yeah, if you want to contact us through Twitter at Damn Conspiracy or email address damnconspiracy at calbrain.co.uk, you can do, and we do listen, and we do, in fact, sometimes talk about it. We even check the email address. Yeah, I checked it ten minutes before we did this because I forgot. To- <laughs> But it got checked. It got checked. It got checked, yeah, definitely. (laughs) So he wants us to talk about, is the BBC broadcast television in trouble? And what needs to be done to save it? His points are that BBC have lost Top Gear. The Doctor Who viewership has crashed by 2.5 million. They're doing a Doctor Who spin-off, which seems desperate because it's already a teen show. And they've also announced a Netflix-style service for the US. But he wonders, do they have enough content to justify such a service? Hmm. I mean, they they are trying to build brands for various shows, mm. um, and I think Doctor Who is a big show. So, yeah, you know, maybe I, they can pull it off. I mean, I I think part of the BBC's remit is to produce content that isn't necessarily commercially popular, but is at least interesting. And it's never yeah. going to be the same hit as Netflix is, you know, with all the fancy big shows. But you know, it, it's going to provide content on an international uh, forum for people to watch and even if it's just like you know the, the world service or something you know it's it's Brits abroad watching it listening to it whatever it's still mm. a useful service I mean yeah. is it the right I, thing for the BBC to be doing now with budget cuts mm, only if it raises money I think I I think they've got the content I mean it's hard to gauge it really because like recently I've been watching a lot of BBC I watched Cradle to the Grave Car Share early in the year mm. I watched a fantastic show called Boy Meets Girl I'm not going to talk about it this episode but if it's still on iPlayer so if you want to watch it it's a, it's a fantastic little um, sort of human comedy human in terms of it's, you know, it's down to earth these characters are actually believable and it's got a fantastic legacy of comedy. I mean it, absolutely fantastic some of the great com- you know, comedy greats from around the world have you know people around the world know BBC is good comedy, but how much of that translates over abroad? Things like Monty Python translate very well to US audiences, especially people who are interested in British content. Same with Doctor Who, it's that sort of Anglophile taste. Flavour. Flavour, yeah, exactly. Um, but I don't know, I mean, the BBC has always been very tailor-made for British sort of audiences. 
So will it translate? I think they've got plenty of content. And in fact, I'd love to see the iPlayer bring older content onto it. Because there's a very... Like, Channel 4 have a lot of... Like, I watched uh, Black Mirror the other week on the Channel 4 website. They have, they have the entirety of classic series, like... Um, uh, Father Ted. Fa- Fa- exactly, Father Ted. Yeah, Black Books, lots of great stuff. I wish iPlayer would do that over here. Um, mm. But it's, it's very hard to gauge. Like, I'm a, I'm a British person who's... I've been abroad, but I've lived in England all my life. And, and I've not, I know quite a few Americans, but all the Americans I know are very British-obsessed, so they get the references. <laughs> you know, so how, how will it translate to an actual sellable product i don't know i think maybe bbc would be better off partnering with somebody like netflix so it's not it's part of a service rather than having their own service mm, i think that would um, be better to, i mean that would also increase you know the the audience as well uh <laughs> the bbc oh yeah um so in summary i think the bbc have got a lot of great content but i think it would probably be better served as part of another service i don't think on its own it has that power but then who knows? Yeah, and I'm not sure it should be spending that sort of money either on no. something something new that's a bit. It's not. It's, it's hardly essential, is it? I mean, I, mean I, I I would like the BBC to be able to spend that sort of money, but I don't think they yeah. can at the moment. The way the government's well, yeah, you know, I mean, the bi- talking about things, it it, it looks yeah. all pretty negative. I mean, the BBC has been used as sort of a political chess piece at the moment. Oh, it is. Um, you see, they, they they published a report the other day saying that basically they want their BBC Charter to be renewed um, before each election, basically, mm. to take them out of the election cycle and to stop them being made into a football. Yeah, because um, that's the what they've been turning Yeah. And it shouldn't be. I mean, we've, BBC is a treasure. There's been some great content come through there through the years, and I think it should be kept as a public thing in the interests of the public. And I do not think it should be a political tool. And unfortunately, mm. that's what the I mean. The Tory are the pathetic fucking pe- people anyway. I mean, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I but <laughs> I I love the BBC. I love their content, and I wish they'd stop fucking around with it because it's respected around the world. People know the BBC. I mean, there's that famous story where Amanda Inucci was make, doing research for the In the Loop film, which is the spin-off to um, the uh, film spin-off to a thick of it. And he went he went to like around Washington. And he had a fake BBC pass, and he just showed it, and they, they went, yeah, that's fine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's got that respect around the world. <laughs> um, so, moving on from the BBC... Two, oh, uh, yeah, we asked on Facebook just before uh, recording this about if anybody had anything they wanted us to discuss this episode, and we've got something from Simon Locke, which is a very difficult subject um, to talk about, because it's got so many different angles, it's like a fucking spider, it's all its legs going in different directions, <laughs> um, and I said to him, we'll try and have a go at discussing it, but providing recording this at about 11 o'clock at night, our comprehension of words is failing a little bit. <laughs> And not that I'm, that's important for a podcast, obviously. No, it's not important for a podcast, but this is an important issue, so if we butcher it up, I do apologise in advance. Do you want to talk through this? Yeah, um, okay, so, I mean, this is this is kind of, um, uh, you know, yet more student politics. Um, but it, it seems that the uh, University of Manchester's Student Union 
is having a discussion about free speech and there were a couple of very controversial speakers invited. Um, one was, as far as I can make out, a com complete conservative nut job um, who has been described as like a you know rape apologist and all this sort of stuff. Um, I, I I can't I don't particularly see that as controversial stopping him talking given that it's a I know it's a talk about free speech but I mean it's clearly an ass. <laughs> but the the other speaker that was banned was a, a radical feminist. I think it's here that the issue gets sticky because she as I'm I'm not desperately uh, you know up to date with this story but my understanding is that she's uh, written articles in the past which have um, been uh, very very critical uh, of transsexual people mm -hmm. um, and it, it's here that the it's here that it gets complicated because um, you know in a free speech discussion you would expect speakers um, who know all about free speech hmm. and that might well include controversial people yeah um, and the, the the reason the the student union cited their safe space policy is the reason why these speakers have been uh, banned from speaking basically um, hmm. in that the safe space policy for anyone who doesn't know is basically a policy that a, uh, an organization has where you say no one in this room is going to say anything that contravenes the terms of the safe space policy, which are generally, you know, nothing racist, nothing, mm. nothing, in the, but nothing discriminatory in any way. Um, I, you know, that, that's basically what it boils down to. Actually, is mm -hmm. is don't discriminate, don't be offensive. Mm -hmm. I, it, you know, and it, and it sounds like a great idea. It's a sort of, com you know, it's a sort of common sense thing, um, and 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 it's hated by people who are very very keen on free speech because they say, oh well, it means that I can't, you know, stand up and spout my hateful opinion and all this sort of thing. And <laughs> actually, okay, you know, they, they're they're missing the point because <laughs> what it's there for is to stop them spouting their hateful opinion and upsetting everybody else in the room. Okay, it. it it's not free speech, and, and 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 part of what's happened as a result is that people have been criticising the decision to ban these people by saying it's censorship, which mm. is the which is the the thing that safe space always comes under fire for. Yeah. Um. So I mean, there there's one aspect of the debate. The other aspect of the debate is what what this uh, woman's actually said uh, about trans uh, transgender people. Um. So yeah, it was, tra it was trans transgender. I think was the issue, not transsexual. I think it's transgender, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a whole discussion um, about what she said, and as far as I can tell, this is spread to other unis as well. There's been discussions at other unis, I know, and, 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 and um, there's there seems to be talk about um, her opinions on, I think, sex workers as well, mm -hmm. um, and there's talk about her opinions on the LGBT community. And I, I, I'm given to understand that she's basically been, she's basically very controversial. And, yeah. and you know, I think what people fail to understand when they see a story like this is that actually all of these issues are interlinked, like completely interlinked. And yeah. you know, I mean, what we're talking about, particularly within universities, um, is a, is a reasonably small group of 
um, very, very aware students um, and, and obviously the speakers associated and being invi invited to these events who appreciate that how, how connected these all, all these things are um, and who are very, uh, very, very well educated on these issues. Um, but, and, and, and generally speaking, you know, we, we're talking about, you know, if, if we're talking about feminists, we're talking about people who all believe in feminism mm -hmm. and actually the disagreements and the fighting that goes on is not about fundamentally the aim of, of feminism if you like it's 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 the associated things you know yeah. does feminism accept um you know uh, transgender people does feminism accept lgbt people does feminism accept sex workers and i think that's what's what's the issue here is that i, I think that she perhaps doesn't mm. um and then there's people at the uni who, who actually say well you're wrong not to and by saying these things you're breaching the university safe space and so they banned her mm -hmm. now yeah I, I, I it's just such a sticky subject to, to try and unwrap yeah. because how do you know whether it's the right decision or not you know you'll never know what she was going to say because she's never going to say it mm -hmm. but at the same time maybe that's a good thing because maybe what she was going to say was going to really upset mm -hmm. people should I dive face first into this one then? And uh, you can have a crack if you like. I mean, it's, I will. I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I, I'm, I'm totally in two minds about what, about what to think. Let's dive face first into this. They're having a discussion on free speech, and in the context of a discussion on free speech, I think that she should have been allowed to speak. Now, are her opinions hateful? Yes. Are they bigoted? Definitely. But. This is a discussion on free speech, and if we're going to have a discussion on free speech, unfortunately, this means allowing other voices into the speech. Like, a liberal discussion on free speech where we all say, yeah, we should all be able to say our opinions and we should all be able to talk freely is great when it's a group of liberal-minded people who are not hateful, who are caring towards other people. But the minute you start shutting off the bigotry, that's an issue. Because if we just hide away from the bigotry... We can't really highlight the fact it's wrong. I think we need to discuss it. We need to talk. And unfortunately, this means sane people talking to idiots. And the idea of a safe space policy is, in theory, a good idea. It, it should be a set of values that we don't tolerate bigotry. We do not tolerate hatred. It's it's not even it's not even bigotry and hatred. It's uh, mm. it's people saying things. That are going to upset other people. Yeah. If we automatically shut down every single view, we're going to get a very one-sided argument. Like, I do read a lot of right-wing politi political articles because I don't believe in it. But I think that my argument is stronger because I have read up on things. Um, but some, think... people are just, you know, some people just kind of want to put their head in the sand and think, no, this is wrong and I don't want to hear it. Whereas I think we need to hear it and, and point it out and go no this is wrong because of this this and this I think I mean that there's undoubtedly stuff in what you're saying mm. but um, I think I think the importance is comes in it, I think it's about widening um, participation mm. Um in, 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 in a lot of ways, the people who will probably be going to this debate mm -hmm. have heard all the arguments. They've sought them out because they're interested. 
Mm. But perhaps there are people who don't usually go to these things who might be interested in going, mm-hmm. um, who actually maybe aren't expecting to hear some of the things that these people could say. And, you know, if they have some personal connection to the things on discussion, might be offended. And I think that mm. a safe space ensures that they can go to an event like this and not be traumatized. And I think I think that's I think that that's the that's the point. I think that's the ultimate purpose of it. I, and, and you know, because not not everyone, not everyone actually is, you know, not everyone wants to hear the you know the other argument. And and but also not everyone can hear the other argument without yeah. being really upset. And I think it's it's about making these events open to those people yeah. as well. But I, I I agree that it it, it could it could it could lead to a one-sided argument as well. Mm. I think one of the problems with safe space is that it often doesn't work. Mm. And I think I think you have to use you know your common sense when you're defining what your safe space is going to be. Mm. Well, I I'm a big supporter of trigger warnings, mm. and that is basically a message on say the SU page where the organising the event on the posters, and having a little note that says this is going to contain this this and this or like this is going to contain material that may not be good to you know people may not want to hear people may not want to you know they may feel personally attacked by and that would then you'd better make informed decisions so you would have you could have your university have a safe place policy and it be and this is this would be this is what we follow and this is what day to day you know we believe our students should follow but they should not sort of stifle the views of the nut jobs in a discussion which is meant to be about free speech because that isn't everyday that, that isn't an everyday discussion that is a one-off very sp- sort of special and it's also a, a very special occasion that actually their view would be part of that discussion and then you just put a warning against that so this was going to have stuff that may offend it may in, you know people may find this something mm. I mean, okay. So, so you, 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 you think they should probably explain that they're actually suspending the safe space policy for the purposes of this debate and this debate only, and yeah. then they should use trigger warnings instead. Yeah. Mm. Because oh, that's an the interesting idea. Because then the discussion can happen. But have it like have and have that. So this this does not comply with the university's safe place policy on the on the thing. And then, then you, then for the people who want to hear the other side but will disagree and want to discuss it, can still have that discussion. But the people who just want to have an open discussion, but not have the nut job opinions, and can have their own event. You could do different events. You could make it a week of events, and this be one of the tiny events in it, and have all the different opinions in it. And I think that that would just then, you know, for somebody like me, I like to hear all the opinions, whether I agree to them or not. Um, I think it makes my opinion a little bit more informed. Well, there's an interesting one. Um, yeah. And, you know, if uh, if you have any thoughts, listeners, send them in. We'd like to hear. Uh, I'm sure some of you have opinions. I hope, oh, I hope yeah, Simon, we've uh, done the topic justice for you. Um, <laughs> I, I suspect you wanted us to talk a bit more about uh, the right wing, the person we described as a right wing nut job rather than mm. the, the radical feminist. As a, just to repeat, there were two people um, yeah. who were who were banned from speaking. There was a, there was a feminist and there was the, mm. the right-wing idiot. Um, to be fair, I think a lot of the things I discussed, you can apply to both. I I, I don't... I think my, you know, opinions that you shouldn't... You should, you know, the feminist nut job 
about the feminist nut job. You should, you should be allowed to apply them to the right winger too. You know, mm. I, I don't think it's. I'm not, I, I, don't, I don't know if I describe it as a nut job or not because I, I don't really know enough. But he, he, according to the article that Simon sent us to, mm. um, is clearly a moron. But we'll put a link on the show notes for this episode. We'll put actually a link to this article so you can read it yourself and interpret it how you mm. would like to. Because that's the great thing about discussion. This show is an open forum for anybody who wants to bring their opinions in, and we may shoot them down, you know, in discussion. <laughs> but you can happily, we'll happily sort of talk about it. Yeah. So send so your opinions gonna... on Twitter, by email, probably yeah, on Facebook. I... Yeah, on Facebook. Why not? Okay, so, yeah. I'm hardcore, and I know the score. I am disgusted by the poor and my chums matter more because we are the law and I've made sure we're ready for class war. That is why I can look you in the eye and say this is the party of the motherfuckers. We don't care about the mother suckers because this is the party of the motherfuckers. And no, I don't think that's a dirty word. So let the beat drop. So we're going to move on. Yes, indeed. From and and hateful we're, we're... bigots to um. Oh, hateful bigots. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> so I think I think the... I think you're going to introduce this one, aren't you? Yeah, it's been the Tory Party conference. Oh, uh, last God. week we talked about the Labour conference. Yeah. And I watched all the fucking YouTube videos from this conference for you, and God, I was fucking depressed. It was infuriating. I was oh. Just... <laughs> Oh, just, this is oh. this is why I didn't want, listen to them. <laughs> I'm not going to go into detail and deconstructing it. I did like two or three pages of notes, and I was going to go into detail and discuss it, and it was frankly depressing. But well, go on, then. just just first, firstly, which ones did you listen to? I I, I think I watched pretty much all. Of them. So I mean, what are we talking? Cameron Osborne? Did oh. Boris do one? Yep. Oh God, oh, he, his was horrible. He he was there was a part in his where he's saying like. Uh, thanks, you know, it's great that Lidl is playing the London living wage for all its employees. And it was trying to it was trying to take credit for their actions, even though it's their actions, Nothing not to his. Do with him. You know, yeah, like fucking conservatives do. Um I mean the living wage has been a long running campaign, definitely not run by the Tories. No, I mean their their living wage Oh that's bollocks, their, they've just hijacked the name. Bollocks. Yeah, exactly. Is it like three pounds an hour less or something ridiculous? Yeah. It's absolutely swindle. So I've watched J- uh, Jeremy Hunt, oh. Ian Duncan Smith, oh. Boris Johnson, oh. Theresa May, oh. Michael Gove, oh. George Osborne, oh. and Mr. Cameron himself. Oh. I was gonna watch the I was gonna watch the other ones, but I just ended up playing Rollercoaster Tycoon instead, which we'll talk about later. Um, <laughs> oh God, well, how was Gove's? Was it completely stupid? Yep. I mean, he is a moron, isn't he? Let's be honest. Yep. Yep. Moron. Total tip. <laughs> um, in Ca- in Cameron's, he was say basically. I mean, one of the policies they want to bring bring to sort of law slave labour for twelve e- year olds is have yeah well, it's having every <laughs> is having every every school become an academy. Oh my and he, god! And he was saying how the acad- Cameron was saying how the academy has been such a successful they thing. Haven't. He's put they've put David they've put Mike um, Michael Gove been, in charge of the prison system. There. They've been shut what? down left, right, and centre for like money laundering and, and all sorts of crazy shit. Yeah, but no, he's um he's basically said that Michael Gove is going to now be in charge of our prison system and he's going to sell off the big old Victorian prisons that are not fit for use. It's, it just just happens that all these big Victorian prisons are in prime real estate in central cities, but you know. <laughs> yeah, well, of course they'll be replaced by ones run for, run by G4S, won't they? 
Yes. Know, which which we, we which have become notorious in the past few years for riots and poor conditions. Yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, I mean, you look at the look at every single thing that's been privatized. It's gone fucking tits up. And the thing is, it right? Really you has. know, go go piss off the teachers. But teachers, you know, generally speaking, they're a sort of peaceful bunch. Mm-hmm. You piss off prisoners. Yeah. I mean, they're going to get you. I, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I don't think that I don't think he's picking a fight with the right people. Yeah, I can't, I can't see Michael Go fighting prisoners. I, I can maybe see him like, you know, fighting off like I, I don't know, <laughs> you know, dweeby sorts. I don't know. Can we make him minister for dweebs? Us. <laughs> I mean, there, there you are. You know, I think I think David Cameron did the right thing in letting him pick on children. You know, <laughs> children aren't going to beat seven shades of shit out of him. No. But now he's doing prisoners. I mean, maybe picking off all they can chew. But basically, the, the the conservative conference is we are going to piss off the poor. We're going to kill, no, kill the poor. We're going to kill the poor. Piss off the prisoners. Make children die. I don't, it's. <laughs> Gold. Oh, it's it's horrible, and the thing is, David Cameron was a PR man, and you can fucking see it because his it's full of bullshit. his Twitter versions of the policies sound fantastic. They do, they sound great, and so if you was reading the Twitter or the fucking rags, you would read through it and go, "I think those are very very good policies," but then you'd read the details and go, "Oh shit, no no fuck off fuck 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 oh, fuck fuck," and that's. Oh, it's, it's not what the country needs. We need more compassion in this country. Not blind compassion. We've said this before in previous episodes. We need more compassion. Help the poor people. Help poor people who are struggling. There's disabled people who can't work, who are dying left, right and centre because of benefit cuts. There's I've read articles today of people jumping off piers, um, dr- drowning themselves, suicide, through all sorts of different means because they've had their benefits cut. And that is horrible. And it's an actual problem we have facing. What do we need to do? Well, we need to have a safety net there for those in the sort of darkest sort of times in their lives. We need that. Because the politicians that are making these policies have never, ever been that close to losing their house, to not being able to eat. And we need services that are going to be efficient. And their privatisation of the fucking world, all that's going to happen is... Businesses run services for profit, pure profit and nothing else. And if they deem a service not profitable, they axe it. The problem is, not everything in the world should be for profit. There's a lot of services that people rely on that don't make a huge profit. The NHS shouldn't be for profit. You know, it shouldn't be losing a huge amount of money. But, it sh- you know, it should be paid through the taxpayers and that should be seen as a national asset. Not sold off because the conservatives think, oh well, we're not making any money on this. We need to privatise it and go to the American system. Hey, it, it, it's, it's not. It's not just that, is oh. it? It's, it's, it's all their. It's all their mates as well yeah. who who just happen to run all the medical companies. Mm. Oh, this really pisses me off, and I cannot understand why, why people still vote for these bastards. You know, their their friends own and run these companies that are taking over from the NHS, and people are happy. People are finally saying, oh yeah, it's good. We're reducing the cost of the NHS. No. No, you're just sifting money into the pockets of the arseholes who fund the Tory party and who are mates with David Cameron and his crony idiots. Mm. It's just, I, I, it's, I can't believe people vote for these people. I just, it just, doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. But it's because people don't read the policies in depth. They just don't. 
They read. It's not even that, you know. It's it's just that the just that newspapers don't talk about. Well, it. the thing is, the papers are run by people who like Murdoch, who. It's the same people. Yeah, it's yeah. the people who have a vested interest in having the country run a certain way for profit. And this is why the Conservatives decided that actually they're going to try and axe Channel 4's funding. Because Channel 4 is notoriously yeah. rebellious. Yeah. They just they just report the truth, mm. as far as I can tell. Murdoch hates Channel 4 and he hates the BBC. He'd rather see them axed. Or better, better, sold to him. But essentially, don't buy into these lies. I'm not saying vote for Corbyn. I'm not saying vote for the Greens. But do not... I'm saying, I'm saying vote for Corbyn. Well, he is. I'm not. I'm saying don't buy the lies. Do not... Buy the the fucking papers bullshit headlines and they're misreporting and they're practically just made up shit. Don't buy it. Read up on these policies yourself. Read up on different views. Read some left wing blogs. Read some right wing blogs. Just get your own opinions. For fuck's sake, do not be a fucking herd of headless sheep running into the Tory pen. They are not your friends. They do not want to make a country better for anybody, but people within their social elite. And I'm not part of that, and I don't think you are, and I don't think any of our listeners are. Well, basically no one is. No. Unless you're fucking one of those eaten chums. Or respected <laughs> families. So just, that's that's the whole thing I want to bring up from this, is just read. Read as much as you can. Read all the different opinions. Deconstruct arguments. This is why the fucking, pe- this is why people hate media studies, and why it's considered a bad degree, is because if everybody knew how to deconstruct the media, the media would be fucked. They'd be out. That's why it's just, that's why it's not as a respected degree as English or history or science because the media don't want you to be respected because they want you to be ignorant. They want you to be fat eating McDonald's on your sofa watching Sky TV because they do not want you to be able to deconstruct their opinions. And I'm saying, do it. You know, rebel against the bullshit and read. You know. Uh well um <laughs> sorry yes not not i mean not sure how to follow that up really um <laughs> i told you i wasn't ill this episode <laughs> uh no 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 got you on form um <laughs> right well, we're gonna move on okay well i suppose i suppose now for some pure questions about the conference um what was your favorite moment okay. oh no um turning it off um and t- t- ah, turning it good, off good answer okay and 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 what was your least favourite moment? Oh, Cameron, 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 Cameron. Because who is the worst speaker? As in, as in the most garbled or the most useless? <laughs> yeah. Oh really? <laughs> okay. And, and and who was the slickest? Who who do we have to watch out Cameron. for? Cameron, Cameron's PR training. Oh God. You can when he did PR for years, you you can tell. And he, he works the audience very well, and he is a very, even despite him being a fucking robot, he is a very good public speaker. Mm. And was uh, was was George Osborne's hand up his ass, you know, well, well disguised. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's got he's still got to operate the mouth somehow. <laughs> well, there you are, listeners. Don't bother watching the Tory conference speeches unless you have an opinion to form, and even then, they're shit. Proceed with caution. Fair, fair conclusion. Yep, yep, fair enough. Okay, okay, look, look, we've done a lot of politics, mm-hmm. a lot of politics, a lot of politics. so now instead, we're going to try and end on a high note again, 
and we're going to talk about two things which are very close Ooh. to our hearts. Yeah. Roller Coaster yeah. Tycoon and Indiana yes. Jones. Yes. Yes. Definitely so, yes. I, I don't just listen to and watch very depressing political conferences. I also have fun now and again. <gasps> um, and we'll start Roller Coaster Tycoon. I, I just got depressed and I was like, I need I need to do some fun. And now, are we, we talking one or two here? Or three? Surely not we're, three. We're talking two. Two. I've I've recently moved house, as I may have mentioned before. And I've been I've unpacked stuff and I've I've got all my old Royal Coast Tycoon discs. So I thought, you know what, I'm gonna try and install these and it actually worked, I was surprised. <laughs> and I've just been playing Royal Coast Tycoon and for anybody who doesn't know, it's basically a simulation game where you run a theme park and you can build roller coasters and put shops down and you basically have to balance the money of the park. You have to you have to basically run a theme park and I always love this game for its level of detail and the fact you know I'm, I'm a big roller coaster enthusiast. I fucking love thrill rides and I love theme parks and so this game is just the perfect sort of little time waster for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I I have very fond memories of playing uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon as well. Mm. Actually, um, I played a lot more Roller Coaster Tycoon one when I was younger mm. than I did two. Yeah. But but I've I, um, I have also been playing it recently because I I downloaded it on um, on Steam. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's it's been nice to play it again. I think I think now I play, it le- you know, less in a sort of build the biggest horror, most horrible roller coaster you possibly can, <laughs> and more in the sort of you know check if each each stand is making money and other roller coasters yeah. making money and is the on ride photo the right price and all this sort of thing. It's actually quite easy. I yeah. I, I always find it difficult when I was younger, presumably because I was just making hideous roller coasters that no one yeah. wanted to go on. Well, the That's thing, is, the thing is, if you base the roller coasters on real life ones, they're absolutely obscene. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I think, I think, I think the game has got a lot to answer for there in, in, in terms of realism. You know, <laughs> I mean, people aren't that two D as well. No, they're not. <laughs> but I just, it is great game, and I, 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 as you said, I do play it very differently to what I used to do when I was younger. I was used to more bothered up. I played a lot of sandbox mode actually, just so you could put stuff down and not have to pay anything. <laughs> um... But I found all my old save files. I'm doing an archiving project. Because um, if you didn't know or don't know, like me and George and a number of other people used to make short films when we were younger. And they're all on different formats, like some are on VHS and Video 8 and all sorts of weird formats. And I've been slowly putting it all into a digital format. And I was searching for a hard drive, and lo and behold, from 2004, some save files. And I've loaded them up, and all the Roller Coaster Tycoon stuff. So I got to see some of my creations, and yeah, it was just really crap Roller Coasters, <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah, my new, my new creations are a lot better. <laughs> but it was weird to see them again, it was just like, oh, that's odd. It's nice, to, it's nice have... to go back to a game like that that I haven't played in ages. Mm. It is nice, it's, it's, it's kind yeah. of therapeutic. And you know what, yeah. I, 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 didn't, I didn't find as much playtime in it this time around as I did before. I, I have to say, I think I think just because of the limitations of the game these days, yeah. I'm I'm used to far more, far more options in a game like that mm. now, you know, uh, and and it's 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 it feels limited. Obviously, yeah. graphically, it's a load of bollocks now, but <laughs> you know that's fine. That's fine. Even even at the time, it wasn't brilliant, but that's okay. I think I think really what limited yeah. it for me was that was that it was. You just didn't have the options and, and the flexibility that a modern game would have, and it would be nice actually to see, you know, to see a good tycoon game come out, 
They yeah. gave you those options in choice. Hmm, definitely. I mean, the first game was made by something like three people. <laughs> it's like Chris Sawyer doing the coding and art guy and then the music guy. Mm. I'm certain that was the, the team. Um, and yeah, when I was young, I think it that's probably why it was a good game for when I was younger because it was a simpler strategy game. Mm. And it's, it's kind of like a gateway drug to strategy games <laughs> for young people because it's simple enough to get the basics. Mm. And then obviously, I mean, it's probably... W- that and things like Age of Empires are probably the reason why you play a lot of strategy games now. I mean, Age of Empires 2 I played a lot of when I was younger. Yeah, I mean, I played a lot of um, Zoo Tycoon as well. I quite enjoyed oh, that. Yeah. Not as much as, as Roller Coaster Tycoon. Mm. I still have that upstairs. I found the copy of that as oh, well. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess our recommendation for listeners is go dig out an old game. Have some fun with an old game that you haven't played in a while. A tycoon game. You might... Why not? Yeah, yeah, why not? Now you've bought something. Yeah, yeah I bought something because I had a gift voucher from Christmas last year, which I hadn't spent, which is always a nice thing to have. Mm. And in Jenna Jones, uh, the complete collection, or the complete adventures as it's called, mm. um, was available for 20 quid on Amazon. Good price? Blu-ray, so, yeah. Blu-ray. Oh, now, in Jenna Jones was the first thing I ever bought on DVD back in 2003. So that's the first DVD set I ever owned. Let, let, let me guess. It was a sort of DVD where you know you had to change, you had to d- turn the disc over and then put the second DVD in as well, just for just for you not, know one yeah. film. Not quite, but the encoding was pretty shit because oh, <laughs> it was before. I mean, that was back when they had very much smaller disc sizes. Yeah, yeah, of course. And yeah. I, I remember watching it on VHS quite a lot, and I worn the VHSs out, so I had to bin them. That's why I bought the <laughs> DVD set in the end. Um, and this was back when like I had a laptop that could play DVDs. But you couldn't do anything else at the same time because it would literally freeze up when you would try and pause the film. And then when you press play, you'd have to wait 20 seconds and then it'd start playing again. <laughs> the disc so, would to, to get up to speed again. <laughs> yeah. That shows the sort of era we're talking about. So it's, And since then, I, I man, I've seen a lot of them. I think, I think I've seen them all projected, actually, because we saw Reds of the Lost Ark mm. and The Last Crusade mm. at the Media Movies. Obviously, obviously Crystal Scully, you know, we all went to see in the cinema. Yeah, when it was brand new, yeah. Yeah. But it's great. It's a very nice box set. Um, and watching the films again, it just reminded me how good they are. They are when when you say popcorn film, this is what I think. Mm. It's good entertainment. It's not particularly dumb. It's not a dumb storyline. It's, it's definitely a proper blockbuster as well, isn't it? Yeah. But it's and not. I wish it's, it's yeah. not. It's not something shite. You know, like just explosions <laughs> and stuff. I mean, I've got not. You know, there's nothing wrong with explosions. Van Helsing's a great film in, in its own <laughs> way. But like, you know. It, there's 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 a proper plot, that you know there's there's sort of yeah. proper characters, and it's not just about cars and helicopters blowing up, no. which I'm bored shitless by. Yeah, it had it had moments in between the action to let the film breathe and the story come out, mm. which I miss a lot because I watched some of the Marvel stuff recently and I quite like the Marvel films, but I think the action's too there's too much of it. It's too much action and not enough. A- Character development. I, I I find I find that just mm. makes them superficial. I really do. Whereas Indiana Jones, it's great character development, plenty of action. The action sequences are very well sort of choreographed and directed. And they're interesting. Like, they're not they're not just stock yeah. either. When they made Crystal Skull, I think 
the reason why it is sort of so much negativity towards it was because just how good those original films were. Oh yeah, they yeah. they they are perfect blockbusters. I I like Crystal Skull, and I'm watching it again. I enjoyed it, mm. but it doesn't it doesn't meet the same high quality that the other three. I think for me, it lacked a bit of the mystique. Mm. You know, the 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 original films, there was always something a bit mysterious and unknown mm. that you know you kind of knew that only Indiana Jones could unpick. Yeah. Whereas Crystal Skull, there was a lot more kind of fighting and, you know, it, mm. oh, I, I don't know, it, it, it didn't feel like he was really using his brain particularly. Mm-hmm. And and, and, and I, I know they tried to put, you know, a sort of a, a mysterious element in, you know, with, it, with them being aliens and all this sort of nonsense. But it wasn't believable. You know, I, th- no. I think one of the reasons that the original Indiana Jones was so believable was because the baddies were Nazis. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know it sounds completely ridiculous, but but I think you know it was based in reality somehow. Yeah, you know, the, you know, it was real guns, it was real, you know, sidecars and motorbikes and whatever. It was all real. Mm. Whereas when you get to Crystal Skull, it, you know, it's like, it's like telekinesis stuff and yeah, you know, completely ridiculous Russian characters. It's just it, it's you know, I mean, no Indiana Jones film. Is or indeed needs to be believable. No, but there's there's convincing there's and then there's it. not convincing. Yeah. yeah, there's a level of it like a believability that's needed, and I can see what they're trying to do. Like the original Indiana Jones films were set in like the 1940s, when that sort of film was very popular, mm. and when you know the age difference of Harrison Ford, they moved the films to the era his character would have been in at mm. the same age. I think that was a and, good idea. Yeah, and sci-fi cinema was big then. The problem is it lacks that little bit of believability because it, it's a little far-fetched, even for a very you know, silly it, franchise. It, it it's really It's a little is. too far-fetched. And I think that's why people just went, fuck that. But it's not a bad film. It's not. And, and I, I think I think one of the things I enjoyed most about Crystal Skull was, was Harrison Ford being a grumpy old git. Yeah, and, my, and, I like and for that, that reason, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to Star Wars. Oh yeah, <laughs> but it's no. I watch them. I think I'd recommend watching them again because they are solid films. My my favourite's always going to be The Last Crusade. It's a little bit more of a comedy. Like Temple of Doom is very fucking dark. When it, you know, in some I think, parts. I think I agree with you. That the Last Crusade's the best. I mean, Ra- Ra- Raiders has got the most mystery. And it's also the most balanced of the films. It doesn't get too dark and it doesn't get too silly. So if I was going to introduce anybody to the series, you'd, you'd sure read the last half. But I think my heart's always going to be fond of the last crusade. I mean, Sean Connery is fantastic in he it is, as well. He's a, he's, a, he's a real highlight. It's just a silly film, and I like it. Well, that's, I think that's the end of the show for this week. Yeah, I guess it's been so. It's been a very odd one this week. It's felt like time's just fluttered by. I know, and yet we've actually been going for quite a long time again. Yeah. Sorry, listeners! Oh, I don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if they're still listening by episode five, they're used to us rambling for hours. We, we've, we've, we've been toying with splitting episodes into two parts. Send us your thoughts on that as well, if you like. I don't mind the long form, but I listen to three or four hour podcasts, so I'm, I, who am I to sort of judge what is good for the sort of standard person out there listening to this show? But if you want to get in contact with us, we've got many ways of getting in contact with us. We've got a Twitter feed, which is at Damn Conspiracy. 
You can email us at damnconspiracy at carlbrain.co.uk. We also now have a website, which Ooh. I put together um, to sort of keep track of all the different episodes and also the show links that are all on there too. Which we do actually, we, we've probably got a fair few now. Yeah, we've got, we got quite a few. Um, and it's at, it's anotherdamnconspiracy.carlbrain.co.uk. Oh, that's um, alright. And we will link to it from the Twitter feed as well and from Facebook. Yeah, please share the links to our shows. We'd really, really appreciate it. And the music this week at the beginning of the show and at the end of the show, as always, is done by Josh Woodward. Thank you, Josh Woodward. He gives his music out for free, which is very noble. It is. Very, very noble. So uh, thank you again for that. We will be playing a different song at the end of this show than usual, so that's nice. Mm -hmm. And please get in contact for next week I don't know when the next episode is going to be again this is a bit later than we'd probably planned to but we, we, kind, we, kind of aim, we kind of aim for a week don't we it usually ends up being 10 days yeah we try to yeah but um, and we've, we've got some plans for some different types of podcasting stuff in the future I'm not going to say much more because I need to talk to George about it but I've had a lot of interest from listeners who actually kind of want to get involved which is crazy I didn't think I mean, thank you for everybody's listened yeah. so far for everybody who's shared it because the fact that I'm getting I've got four or five people who want to actually contribute towards this that's crazy it's great isn't I it did, I, I didn't think when we started this little silly thing people five episodes in would be going oh can we get involved can we do something with you so we're going to talk about that and see if we can sort of put something together so that's something to get excited but until then enjoy the little song at the end and I will see you next time on another day I'm conspiracy. Oh, yeah. You're perfect in the perfect way. You're perfect, and I hope you stay. Say bye. Oh. Um. Yeah, I suppose it's better. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>